Welcome back to another episode of Love, Life, and Legacy, a podcast 100% entirely dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, we're going to be busting some more myths because there are still some myths out there who just won't go away. And this one is all about masturbation. And this is a crazy topic because there's so much information that it's almost like the truth seems like a lie. And there's no opportunity for discussion. So when people do research, it's like there's no other option other than a prevailing myth. The prevailing lie that there's no option other than masturbation. It's like this weird catch-22. If you want to do research, it's a lot easier to go online than to ask somebody about it. But online only tells you one story, and that story is a myth that's not connected to any real deep understanding. And I've done a lot of research myself, and it's kind of jaw-dropping. I fall off my chair every time I read online what people are recommending. So we're going to get into that today about what is masturbation and how, what's better than masturbation? and Are there alternatives? And what do you do with your time and energy and emotions when you don't have that as your crutch? So please join us as we go down this road towards the myth of masturbation. And completely dismantle it. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm going to just start abruptly like that. Just a big hello, everybody. And we are going to do another Mythbusters. My name is Sammy Love, and I'm with... Hello, everybody. I'm Mr. Andrew Uyama. We are going to myth bust some more because we're having, a, we're having a good time, but there's also still more myths out there that we got to bust. And it's like the Ghostbusters, they're not going to leave a library with half the ghosts. They got to get all the ghosts. That's what they're getting paid for. And so our mission here is not to bust half of the myths out there. We want to obliterate them all. And if we're not touching on a myth that you think is prevailing and destroying culture, uh, and you ha- and you would like us to tackle it? Let us know. We're we're down for tackling some myths. We will bust them in the face. Um, Sammy usually the the classic move will bend down like he's pretending to tie his shoe behind a myth, and then I'll push it over so it falls over, and we just take it out. I was actually thinking that I was that we're gonna do that move where like I bend over and then you run and you jump off of my back up in the air and like kick it kick the myth in the face that kind yeah of that's when the myth is really tall and you know it's been around a while but like most most myths are with you know the 20 years old or so especially this internet age but there's some old you know kinsey myths from a, a century ago that yeah we need a ladder but we will still get to that myth and we will bust it so today's myth is probably you know one that's been around since I don't know, the Garden of Eden <laughs> since mm-hmm. the beginning, right? What is it, Sammy? Well, it's about masturbation. And, you know, the myth of masturbation, like needing to masturbate in order to learn about and to understand your sexuality. That's, you know, a couple decades old, that one. It's got some age to it. But, you know, but an even deeper one is like masturbation as a necessity. Like that's a huge myth as well. I don't so I don't know, Andrew. This is not actually what we talked about originally, but we we could talk about that too. It's just like the whole concept of masturbation and it being like a, a just a necessary part of life, which that's hundreds of years old, probably. 
I mean, there's been an ebb and flow of sex. There's a really good article in National Geographic or Time Magazine, one of those, about a year or two ago about what is a family. And it kind of when it is, it was definitely one of these, these articles that's trying to legitimize uh, not having to worry about, you know, having a broken family. Back in one era, there was a culture where a husband and wife could cheat on each other and it's just a part of society and this kind of thing, right? So um, I think sex has gone through its own evolution and how people have interpreted things like masturbation, I'm sure, have evolved. But in this era, when we have access to all information and when we're like, people are more inclined spiritually than ever. They're not just like, like the medieval times, they, were, they had no spirituality. It was like the dark ages. They were, you know, bashing each other over the head. I want sex, right? It was like very horrific and brutal. I'm sure they, they, they were basically just animals. So it's a, it's, I'm sure what I'm just saying is masturbation. I'm sure there's been a lot of interpretation over time, but we're talking about here and now. We're talking about a humanity that's so interwoven. It's undeniable. The science is there that we share the same air. Air from China reaches California in a matter of days, right? It's like we are so deeply connected. So what does masturbation look like in this era? Because I don't know what, how, you know, if people needed to masturbate when they were Cro-Magnons, right? I don't know. I don't know. Do I care, mm. Sammy? Do I care about Cro-Magnon sex? I don't. The surveys are in and no, Andrew, you do not care about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know about that. All I know is that in the past, you know, 100, 150 years, America has had a very strained relationship with sex because mm. it was very Puritan. But also there's some other factors. I had a great email thread with a news reporter about this, and there were actually other factors. Um, but it's just this very sordid, strained relationship between humans and sex. And so things like masturbation were definitely taboo, and people had to figure it out on their own but we don't have to do that anymore so now we want to talk about really is sex uh, is is masturbation uh, a great way to educate yourself about sex because this is definitely a strong myth that is being blasted out mm. into the world are you a yay or a nay i'm a i'm a nayer that that's a good one to focus on yeah let's let's stay with that because that's so that's pretty prevalent it's like yeah you need to discover your sexuality and, and this is the way to do it. So that very specifically, we can address that. And it's interesting that you kind of went back to the history of sex in America, because I think this kind of prevalence of glorifying masturbation is a, like a reaction to the historical attitude towards masturbation in America, you know, from 100 or so years ago, because, it, you know, that a lot of things that came out in America were also things like, oh, if you masturbate, you're going to go blind or you're going to lose your sense of taste. Yeah. And these really ridiculous notions that people, you know, they basically had took the fear approach to like, you know, you, sh you shouldn't masturbate, you're going to go to hell. And then people kind of got smart to that. And they're like, wait a minute, that's all, that's all bullcrap, right? And then, yeah. you know, whenever you're, you expose a myth like that, then it's very upsetting, especially when it controls you for so long, right? So the opposite direction of that is like this kind of like celebration of masturbation. So in that sense, it can kind of make sense, but it's going away. It's it's like not handled productively, I think. No. But what do you think? No, well, it's just, it's actually hard to have a reasonable conversation because 
it's a loaded topic because it usually is not the actual conversation, right? It's like it's behind there's behind the scenes you're usually religious or spiritually minded if you believe that um, there's some sort of better alternative to masturbation that masturbation isn't a great idea it's usually because you're in the spectrum of folks who believe in something beyond just the physical body whereas the common materialists which a lot of people in the west find themselves these days in that camp is really like it's no harm no foul it's just my body and it's like, you know, I can do what I want and there's no clear damage. There's no clear delineation between, say, masturbation and cancer or anything like that. So how can it possibly be bad? And so, yeah, it's it's hard to have that conversation, just like it's hard to have a conversation with, with somebody who doesn't believe in a, in a God or, or anything beyond what they can see about most topics, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest, right? Especially things about the heart, because some people even debate the the reality of love. Some people just think that love is just a chemical reaction of the brain, and it's it's really hard to talk to those kind of people, um, mm. right? So, like masturbation is is a topic that typically religious people don't talk about, and the people that do talk about it uh, just promote it as being a great idea. So that's the conversation. It's like a one sided right. conversation. And so I guess that theory of why masturbation is valuable for learning about sexuality, just, just to guess, understand where they're coming from, it would, I imagine it's like, uh, you, know, you don't want to be repressed regarding sexuality, right? Yeah. And you don't want to, you have to be comfortable with your body before you can actually, you can fully be comfortable having sex. Yeah. And like, so the gateway to that is to masturbate, right? Yeah. And, and go through the motions of experiencing an orgasm and, and then that makes you comfortable when you're doing it with another person. Sure. I guess that's where we're coming from. So yeah, no, should we dive into this? I, I was reading just last week an article in, in one of the psychology periodicals. And it was, you know, a very uh, ordained psychologist with a lot of letters, you know, a lot of suffixes to her name. And it was in like a major, you know, publication. And it fully endorsed, not only it was like, busting the myth that there's anything wrong with masturbation and is reasserting the point that masturbation in a sense is the only way to get to know your sexual proclivities that it's the only way to know what you like is by testing it out and so learning about your body learning about the physiological nature of your body and i know that that's what my you know my thurston who who was on this podcast was also when she's doing her own research she's trying to figure out you know what is masturbation good or is it bad? And she would only see information that it was totally normal, totally healthy, and your best option. But that, that contradicted how she felt inside and what she believed. And so, yeah, it's been a very lopsided conversation. Um, and I just wanted to say, yeah, it's very recent in my mind that I was reading this stuff. And I was like, Jesus. And not only that, but this psychologist was in charge of any of the comments below and anybody that challenged her, she was just like really adamant. She's very militant about the importance of masturbation. Not only the kind of the fact that it's okay, but that you need to, that you're, you're missing out. And this is very common uh, within the Freudian line of thinking and then Kinsey and then uh, what's his name? Harry Hay and all these people is like, if any sort of repression 
is evil and you must uproot it. So if you have some sense that you shouldn't masturbate, that's evil because it's probably religious. And so therefore it's repressive and, and you're, and you're going to kill yourself if you, if you keep up this line of thought. Yeah, that, that's great. That's like such a jaw dropper. It's like going beyond tolerating masturbation to like, to demanding it basically. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I read a, last week or two weeks or whatever. I also read an article. It's like the, even making statements like if you are not masturbating, then you are not going to be comfortable. You know, if you're not comfortable masturbating, then you're never going to be comfortable having sex. Yeah. Like really wild things like that. And I, and to be able to talk about this, I, I think it, it always, the root always goes back to like, what is the purpose of sex and what, what is sex meant to be? Right. And a lot of this comes from the attitude that sex it's an individual activity that just happens to involve another person's body. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it, and it's, and you know, you're an individual and you're responsible for taking care of yourself as an individual and they're responsible for taking care of themselves. And if you're able to have some mutual exchange that then yay on you. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think of uh, a sport that that's cause there's like team sports. So that's obviously not a team sport cause you're not, in that modality, you're not really on the same team. It's more like you're just golfing kind of against each other, but you're just golfing together. They do that in golf. You know, you're kind of like in the same proximity, but you're not really on the same team. You know, it's kind of like a competition or like, it's not really, I, I don't know any other sport that synchronized swimming, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. But the idea is that, yeah, you're alone together. That's really weird. That's a really weird concept. Hey, let's hang out. And it's like, hey, Sammy, you want to come over to my house so we can ignore each other and stare at our phones? Yeah. Sounds like great. I'll be right <laughs> over. Like, okay. Seems like what hanging out is like almost. But uh, blackjack, that's what comes to mind when you talk about that. It's like, okay. you know, you're playing together with the people next to you, but you're, you're playing against the house. They're not like your buddy or, okay. or your, your teammate or so anything. So who's the house in sex? Orgasms? <laughs> mm, do, well, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to study more up on that one. Yeah. That that'll be our next episode. Who is the house? <laughs> um, no, I hear what you're saying. And so yeah, but where where we're coming from with sex is that it's a it's a collaboration. It's not even collaboration. It's a partner experience. It's like you and another person, and it's a very intimate and unique relationship. It's not something you can just replicate or copy paste with different people. Like the sexual relationship you create with a specific person makes it a specific and unique, unique experience. Yeah. And, and always back to like, you know, what is the purpose of, and, and the idea that your sexual organ and your orgasm, it's for their sake even and vice versa. And like just having this attitude of like really wanting to be a giver and, you know, wanting it to wanting them to have the best experience. And when two people go all in with that attitude, it's great. It's fantastic, mm -hmm. which I think is just like, people doubt the possibility of that. And right. So they, they go for the scraps, which is like, okay, maybe I'll just take care of me, take care of myself and someone else will take care of themselves. And hopefully we can, you know, have some benefits, beneficially mutual exchange, a mutually beneficial exchange. Yeah. I think with the, the surveys are in speaking of surveys and, and depression is, is the new hot, trend in society right um 
And so much of this anxiety and depression is caused by a lack of harmony between the mind and the body. They're really disassociated and in in a way that we haven't, we're functioning very unnaturally, inorganically in this society. We're disjointed. We don't have families, really. We don't live with our families or we don't have communities. Most people don't have a religious community that they're actively a part of, like really engaged in. They don't have hobbies for the most part um, to be engaged in. They don't have friends or like close kindred spirits that they can share their hearts with. So you have these people who are who have all these unanswered emotional needs that then just have to deal with it on their own. And I know that masturbation is such a strong physiological response to uh, an emotional need, but it's it doesn't correlate. Right, so like the need that you have isn't fed by the activity of masturbation, but it feels like it does in the moment because you're totally preoccupied with the activity of masturbating. But what it does, in a sense, is every time you do masturbate, uh, you're disassociating your heart from your mind, and you're disassociating your body from your spirit, and you're disassociating your the direction of your life from your ideals. And so everything's kind of scattering off. And that's why I just had this conversation with two guys last week on a call that, cause I was really grilling them. I wanted to hear from them. Why, why is masturbating not serving them? Like, why are they here? Why am, why am I helping them? Why don't, you know, like just challenging them sincerely because I wanted to know, why do you think that you want to stop masturbating? Why, you know, and they said, because I feel like, crap after right and it's really it's across the board you know everybody feels great in the moment and then as soon as it's done and they and and the kind of the the magic dust wears off and they realize that they're all alone their loneliness is amplified right it's not reduced it's amplified Pro, you know the loneliness that they were feeling before masturbating is is now worse than than before. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's almost like you're chopping yourself up into a million little pieces and you feel like you have no power, like you have no hope. You feel less hopeful about the future and all this. And it's all associated to this um, letting your body win over your hopes and your dreams and your ideals. And that's the case, same with when you binge on ice cream. Right, Sammy? I don't know. I know Sammy's a health nut and all he eats is chili every day, but I'm sure you've experienced a binge. I had a friend who was like a, a an overeater. He actually killed himself from eating too much. And uh, he told me like when he was really, really out of control, he'd go to a, like McDonald's and order two full meals and then in his car, eat them all in his car, then go to Pizza Hut and get a full pizza and then go to another place, get another fast and then go get like a tub of ice cream and eat the whole thing. And then he'd sit in his car and cry for hours you know what i mean and this is it's a similar thing it's like when your body is completely out of control it's at the cost of your mind and your heart your spirit your hopes and your dreams right um and i see that that's it's like in a much smaller way masturbation but it's like you've lost control of the ship your body just took over right and then and and the other parts of you are paying a price for that right and and tying this back to why so what makes masturbation bad preparation for sex not only is it is it's not helpful it's not 
it's not helpful for helping you understand your sexuality, preparing you for sex. It's counterproductive and it's actually negative. One of the reasons, this whole thing that what I'm hearing you talk about, Andrew, is that like we, everything is conditioning, right? And then what we repeatedly do and the experience that we have through that, yeah. that we, we train that. So if you, with masturbating, you go through the cycle of masturbate, like ejaculation, climb orgasm, and then emptiness, yeah. then this is like what you're training to associate with mm. orgasm. Yeah. And so when you're in a relationship, how easy do you think that'll just, that'll go away? That like when yeah. you, if you physically orgasm that you just are suddenly feeling fulfilled now and that what's stopping from just having those same physical emotions come up again. Yeah. And also as the, as the kind of precursor to sex, right? So imagine what, what is leading you up to being in a position to masturbate. Typically it's feeling isolated, um, defeated, you feel small, you feel alone, right? You feel little, like a little person, and you want to feel bigger than that. And so masturbation helps you to feel endlessly big because your, your fantasies can be as big as they want, right? And then you bring that into a marriage, and then you start to associate the, the reason why you're having sex is to feel bigger or to feel better about yourself. And it's, it's a real neediness, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just like the emotions during, it's like the reason for you having sex then becomes entangled with a bunch of weird neediness that is unresolved because of the fact that you trained mm. your sex to be a part of a neediness and you're training, you, you know, you're training yourself to get fulfillment momentarily from this one source. Right. Wow. Yeah. All of that. I mean, then even there's just like practically the process you use to, to build yourself up to masturbate like yeah whether it's like you know looking at porn and things like that they usually go hand in hand and and if you're conditioning yourself in that way as well like these are the steps needed in order to get there or to get excited to get aroused to want to ejaculate to want to orgasm it's like how do you replace you know then are you going to be able to suddenly just replace that with another person and then and then you know are you gonna is that's the best case scenario that all you're doing is replacing the porn and your hands with another human. It's like that doesn't do anything to serve actually connecting with them and building a relationship with them. That's sure. like based on your based on your sexual sexuality. Yeah. A true artist goes uh, through this journey of being a newbie to being intermediate to being an expert. And usually the mark of an expert is somebody who is able to do very complicated, complex things, right? And that usually is the height of somebody who's like a young prodigy, that they can do really complicated things. But the height of a master is that they can do simple things perfectly, beautifully. You know what I mean? And that's, I can see the correlation there with sexuality too, is that we're, we make sex very complicated far too complicated than what it could be. And the more that I'm learning about myself and about my wife, the less we need anything at all other than just the other person. No thoughts, no, no, nothing. Just, I just want you. You know what I mean? In the, in the, in the most organic, natural sense, just you. No frills, no, 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 nothing, right? Like no scenario. I don't, we don't need to go on a romantic getaway. It's just like right here, you. You know what I mean? And I think 
that that's really something that should be considered as well is that uh, masturbation actually adds many levels of complexity when you enter a relationship because now you have all these embedded scenarios in your brain that cause a certain reaction, but anything real could get in the way of those scenarios because you want this perfect scene, right? When somebody masturbates, they're not, they're not, not, not um, envisioning awkwardness, farts, or like, you know, thing, like, you know, just like awkward things that can happen. They're envisioning this perfect scenario, whatever they view perfection to be. And if something real gets in the way of their perfected vision, it can often be a huge turnoff. And mm. that then causes you to judge the, 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 the moment that you're in and also judge the person that's in that moment with you. Does that make sense? So then all of a sudden, something that's totally normal and natural is uh, you judge it. And now you're in your head and you're judging them and your heart is closed and then the experience becomes a negative mm. because they didn't fit perfectly into the fantasy that you've had it time and time and time again, which is not based on any reality. Yeah, to rip off, riff off of that, even there's like the mental fantasy aspect, but even just like the, the physical nature of like the, comp the complexity that goes into masturbating where you you perfect the the right, the right strokes and the the right like speed and friction and that you know you have a, an immediate feedback loop like oh this feels really good when you're masturbating and then you're just like totally focused on pleasuring yourself perfectly where you're another person can't imitate that as well right you can communicate with them but you know it's always going to be lagging behind and and it just goes against the whole nature of like, like sex is as a giving experience where like you were just, you know, I, I can't imagine a good argument for getting good at being a giver in sex. You practice that by masturbating. Sure. All right. And I would, I mean, somebody could argue that um, a good chef is really fat, right? Uh, because they're always sampling their own stuff. Right. And uh, that, that could be an analogy that somebody could use. Right. Is that how are you supposed to know how to guide somebody if you don't know what you like? Right. I'm just I'm just being the devil's advocate yeah. here. Sure. <laughs> like, I don't I, this is another this is this ties into like the, the performance nature of sex. It's like it's imbued this idea that, you know, every like, I guess you have to do well the first time. Right. It, it, anyway, I, I don't whatever the context is, but like when I think about you know you're in you're committing to sexual relationship with someone, you're going to be in it for the long haul, decades long. You've got plenty of time to figure that stuff out together. That's a lot funner. That's a lot, you know. It's, it it ties it builds into the intimacy of your relationship, right? Where you're discovering these things together. I don't see why you need to know those things prior to go to be to going into relationship without unless it's like because you need to perform or some or something or like you're expected because you're going to be um yeah I, I don't know it's like what's wrong with being like uh unaware in the beginning stages of a sexual relationship of yeah. course and i i think that you need to be educated and you need to um understand like there's a lot of things to to know to be able to have safe you know healthy good sex 
But like, I don't know why you need to know those prior, right? It's like, if your sexual sex is an extension of a relationship with someone, why don't you discover those things together? Yeah, it's just a cultural thing. It's just a cultural, like, that's what's expected, right? Um, there are very few people who abstain from sex before marriage. And there's even fewer people, like, who talks about this in public that refrain from any type of sexuality, including masturbation. Like these people will be ostracized from our modern world as being sheltered, crazy, uh, religious, uh, you know, like um, overprotective, uh, crazy. You know, that, that, that comes up a lot. It's like, oh, you're insane. That's like really unhealthy, right? Um, but I do agree that um, like the analogy I always use, you don't, need to crash into a bunch of cars to learn how to drive. You don't need to make a lot of mistakes. Mistakes won't necessarily ruin your life, but they definitely add complexity. They definitely add, you know, a bit of extra suffering in the long run when you make mistakes. Um, yeah, there's a way it, to avoid it, and that's by gleaning wisdom from those who came before you. But wisdom isn't in vogue these days. Uh, opinions are. And emotions are, but uh, wisdom is not so fashionable these days. I gotta say, the yeah, just to go off like you're not excluded from any of the you know it's like yeah, there's consequences to our actions, right? But like if you make if you do certain things, like you have you've had lots of sex with lots of people, and you know this is kind of like your history. You're not excluded from having like this kind of intimacy or this kind of closeness with someone, right? What what's important is you know, how are you going to conduct yourself now and how are you going to treat your sexuality now, right? And treating sex as something that is a part of your experience with another person. You know, it's, it's not just an individual thing, right? Which, which is what masturbation is. It's like, whatever you do with sex, sure, fine. But like, it should be as an experience with someone else, right? That's just like, I think our take on sex, right? masturbate each other sure go for it have fun but it's like <laughs> but it's like the it's what you do together yeah i it's i mean you and i definitely the more that we talk about this the more i feel like we're old men trying to convince young people of something but um to be honest as pure and well-intentioned that you can be without any concepts without any expectations, just with a pure, open heart. That's the first time that you know anything about sex is after you've already committed to this person and say, I don't know what we're doing, but we have a lifetime to figure this out. That's like, that puts you at this major advantage. And it's an advantage that so few people ever get to know because they get caught in this web of um, misinformation and selfishness that is prevailing. That's the prevailing wisdom, which is insanity. <laughs> like uh, it's proven itself to be ineffective in terms of creating more loving, functional humans who create functional marriages that create functional families. That's what our hypersexualized culture is, is produced: is dysfunction, divorce, all sorts of problems. Um, and so, it's the best way to show up prepared for the bedroom after you get married is just to have a big open heart 
and to have somebody else that you've done research and you guys work together to, to make sure that they have a big open heart. And from there, you will make something very beautiful happen. And you don't have to figure things out on your own because sexuality is not a solitary thing. It's, it's we are all connected. And um, solo sex leads to isolation. I, I mean, just look at the world and say, the more sexed we are, are we more content or are we more isolated? And there's absolute like correlation between the fact that we're so isolated and we're so oversexed and yet we're so lonely, deeply lonely. And so masturbation takes you further away from yourself. I can say that with, with pretty strong, I don't want to say authority. I have great confidence in that statement based on personal experience and also based off of all the people that we worked with and also based on looking at the world today. Um, what are the I factors that it's not just masturbation, but it's like, it's definitely a factor that is often overlooked because nobody even questions it. Just like they, it's just an assumption. Oh yeah, this is what everybody does, but we're not, we're not coming from a very sincere, earnest place when it comes to relationships. And so, um, the, the couples who come into a marriage with, with just pure hearts are the happiest and they don't need to watch porn to know what sex is. Somehow their bodies already know <laughs> and they don't get it right the first time. Uh, but they, they certainly have a lot less baggage and a lot less expectations and a lot less unnatural pressure to perform or to force the other person to be something that they're not. And uh, I, can't, I can't recommend abstaining from that enough, from porn, from masturbation, mm -hmm. and to reallocate that. Sammy and I were talking right before this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shut up right after this. But like seeing old footage, if you, if you look up videos from... American physical education class, high school, 1940s or 50s. I don't know what the women were doing. It was definitely a different society in terms of like, you know, gender roles. But um, the men were ripped. They were all shredded. And they were all like just really in control of their bodies. And because they were given more responsibility younger, they took better care of themselves. They ate better food. And they also were able to get a lot of that energy out of them better. And so there was a lot less hooking up culture. That didn't mean that everybody was. But when they did a survey back then, masturbation was viewed as this weird thing. It was like, I don't know. Uh, no, I don't do it. I, I don't think it's kind of okay. Um, and, and that's definitely changed. So that was on like university campuses. They did a study. There's somebody that was trying to prove that people are perverts and then they found the opposite is true that people were a lot more, um, I guess, prudish than they thought. And that was, you know, less, less than a century ago, people really viewed masturbation in a totally different way. I think it's a beautiful way to wrap up. Just the sentiment that what we're proposing for all of you, ladies and gentlemen, is that contrary to popular belief, the best way to prepare for marriage, the best way to prepare for a incredible sex life is not, to come into relationship with a well-developed palate and you know your refined tastes for what you like and what you don't like what you want regarding sex but to come in with uh, as a blank canvas and with an open heart as andrew puts it and when two people come in that's with, with that heart just 
just committed to one another and wanting to have that as another like really fulfilling part of their relationship, then magical things can happen. And yeah, they need guidance. Yeah, they'll they'll need uh, to learn things, but you know, that's part of the beauty of it is that they do that together. And whatever that they experience regarding sex, it's part of their unique relationship with one another. So, I mean, I hope we've convinced everybody to never masturbate again. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a topic that definitely deserves a lot of consideration. And we love to hear feedback. And we're never here to say what's right or wrong. Uh, because that doesn't yield any good thoughts or feelings. That's just like black or white. We're talking about to have a fully radiant life. Um, it's best to plug into the source of power, of love, of confidence, of of knowledge, of wisdom, and all this stuff, rather than settle for any substitute. And masturbation is definitely a substitute for intimacy, because you're only intimate with your hands <laughs> and that's not i don't know i don't know andrew there's some pretty sophisticated machinery in the works being developed these days <laughs> well even the you're outsourcing you can't even use your own hands you're not even intimate <laughs> with yourself so uh yeah if you really want true fulfillment that means letting go and it means connecting to god to yourself and to the people around you and when we create the habit of going elsewhere for our needs will only find further confusion and isolation and anxiety and all these things that are so rampant in our modern world. And there's a reason for it. People don't know where to go. They don't know where the source of their love comes from. So they settle for these cheap alternatives that never give them what they're looking for. So yeah, that's, we're just advocating for wholeness, for truth, for real stuff. Look for real stuff. And look in your life, where are you settling for fake stuff? And what would be a real alternative to that fake stuff? To us, masturbation is extremely fake. It's got nothing to do with intimacy or love or anything that we actually crave. And we're just letting our bodies take over our minds and our hearts and our spirits. So if you have any questions, we're always here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you for tuning in to us. I got it this time. We next time you can tune in again and we'll see you again. Adios. Peace. Hey, Andrew Love here. And I wanted to plant a seed in your mind before you go. You see, a lot of people, when they start to consume our content, they listen to our podcast, they watch our videos, they read our blogs, they start to believe in the idea of freedom as a possibility for them and their lives. And it is. You can break free from porn. You can build amazing, eternal relationships. But it requires you to make the jump. It requires you to commit to transformation. And that only happens when you invite other people into your journey. You see, a lot of people think that because I got into porn by myself, I can get out of it by myself. And that's the wrong thinking. It's not about simply removing a negative force from your life. It's about creating fulfillment and connection and intimacy with other people. So we really recommend, first and foremost, that you build a team of accountability partners, facilitators, group members, and we can do that. We have all of that waiting for you, but you need to first reach out to us. 
If you already have people in your life that you think can help you, we have online courses that will teach you both how to create a dynamic that works in terms of accountability. But if you don't have an accountability partner, we already have volunteers who are waiting for somebody to help. We have groups that are waiting for somebody like you. But your role and your job is to merely reach out to us and we can work together with you to create a powerhouse team so that you can build the life of your dreams. We look forward to hearing from you.